What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I believe this is episode number 13. Lucky number 13, Casino. I'm Will. That's Casino. It was supposed to be Beanie Friday today. I was also wearing a beanie, which is why my hair looks like this, but I couldn't hear anything. Casino's still keeping the beanie on. Boston World Series beanie. How you doing today, Casino? What'd you say? I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. How are you feeling today? uh i i'm feeling good uh we will Even get though, to uh, your eagles uh almost screwed the pooch against a horrible team no i don't think that game was ever in question i, I don't uh, there was no point in that game even when they were tied <laughs> halftime i was just like okay like there's no point in that game where i was like eagles are losing this game the phillies multiple times through that game i was like there's no way the phillies are losing this game and then they uh. lost it And you know what? Let's just start right there. Then we'll get into football. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today, Casino. But let's talk about this World Series. Last night, game five, the in Philadelphia, Phillies lose to the Houston Astros. Astros go up three to two in the series, going back to Houston for the last two games, possibly the last one game if they can win tomorrow, Saturday. So... Thoughts on this World Series as a whole, Casino, and especially last night's, or I guess the last two nights' games? Um, it's been much better than I think everybody's expected. I think the majority of people expected a sweep or maybe one game by the Phillies. They didn't expect, and like last night being a really close game. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun one to watch. I don't think people expected it to be this, this fun. No. Um, yeah. Very entertaining. Uh, go to World Series. And yeah, I mean, Houston's, it's going to be very, very tough for Phillies to win two on the road. But, you know, we can see it. Maybe. You never know. Yeah. It's baseball. I really think, I really think uh, last night's game, they obviously won the one in Philly. They won one in Ast- or in Houston. And then not last night, but the game before that, I didn't think they would win. They got a shut out by five pitchers combining to do a no hitter like it's weird to say like oh that's the second no hitter in world series history when you had like five pitchers to do it that just seems like a weird stat to me it doesn't feel yeah whatever but But, uh definitely a shout out though to um uh oh my gosh vasquez um the catcher for houston um he's the the first catcher to catch a full no hitter for the world series There you go. I mean, it was, I mean, if it wasn't against the team I was rooting for, it's a cool moment, even though even in that it's still a cool moment, but I'll cheer for Vasquez. I mean, he played for the Sox and I like him. Yeah, no, that was uh, but that was one of those games where I didn't think going into it, they would win anyways. Last night's game. I was like, I would have put money on it. If I bet on baseball that they would have won that game. And they had so many opportunities to win this game. The amount of just like not bases loaded but with two uh with two people on base and then it's two outs and one person just has to hit a double or a triple or a home run or a grand slam whatever the the amount of runs that philly the phillies have left on base is like maddening maddening and last night it was bryce harper is at the plate bottom of the ninth he has a runner on base they're down by two i believe at that point and They just, he gets hit, goes to base. Next guy comes out, just immediate strikeout. And then they had that one, I can't remember who hit it, but it's going. And I mean, it's what, 
two inches from being a home run and giving them a one uh a one hit like uh or a one point win in this game and it misses going out past the wall by an inch guy makes a great catch at the wall and it's just i think i don't think the phillies win two straight in houston but just the amount of wasted opportunities they had to win like forget the game where they didn't hit like that's an anomaly right there's a reason that is only the second time it's ever happened in world series history that's just one of those things you're not going to win against that but last night's game game three i believe just so many lost opportunities game two even they could have won two in uh houston and it's just man i mean for like you're saying it should have been a sweep Phillies came out and are just playing with so much better and so much heart and passion and blah, 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 all the stuff you like to see in sports. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Just wasted I mean, opportunities. No possibility. I mean, it, it's, it's one, sw- one swing of the bat. And I mean, it could be, it could be, you know, tides of turn it. So yeah. not over yet. Big hill to climb, but I mean, we'll see. Like you said, they've they've got the heart, they've got the grit to do it, and what a story that would be if they could pull this off. Yeah, I mean, and then you had the and last thing you had Verlander last night, who had lost nine previous uh, like World Series matchups or whatever, and they were just again so close, so close, so close, and then he just, ugh, ugh. But flip side, Casino will go from MLB to the still perfect eight no. Philadelphia Eagles uh, tied 14-14 going into half. I already saw people writing in all the comment sections like frauds, frauds, because you know how when you lose one game in the NFL, you're a fraud for reasons unknown. I don't know why, but once again, this Eagles team gets no respect whatsoever. They uh, Houston came out fighting. They scored two touchdowns in the, I believe, the first and then second quarter. Third quarter, they got a field goal and then nothing else in the second half. Their quarterback, David Mills, got picked off twice. Jalen Hurts, another two touchdowns, didn't need to run at all, really. Uh, lost one fumble. And yeah, Miles Sanders ran all over him. AJ Brown had a touchdown. It was really the Dallas Goddard game Goddard on offense, 100 yards. So just uh, my son's my fantasy is looking pretty good <laughs> hey here you go even though brown didn't go uh crazy i mean goddard still he went pretty good wait hold on casino let me pause this real quick all right but let's move from that game to the football game last night thursday night football i still hate it i still hate amazon prime i hate everything about Thursday night football, but the only thing I did not hate about Thursday night football, Eagles, now 8-0, the Eagles, 8-0, still getting no respect. The second they were down halftime, or they were never down in this game, or I guess they were at the start when it was 7-0, they immediately come back, Do it's 7-7, they go into halftime, tied 14-14, Sky is falling. Everybody's saying frauds, 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 because, you know, going seven and one in a league where nobody else is close is apparently fraudulent. But Eagles pull it out. They allow three points the rest of the game and then just drop 
and win by two touchdowns, but I guess that's not good enough because every game has to be won by no, four touchdowns. Yeah, to, to, be. to be legit. Has to be. <laughs> you see uh, uh, the Skip Bayless, who I know you love, Casino. I know you love him, is... Uh, I get uh, he saw he had a tweet that went viral that Eagles fans were chanting Dallas sucks as they were walking out of the Texan stadium. And well, good. The, the Eagles fans always do that at the bar, too. You know why? Because it's funny and it really annoys Cowboys fans. Like, that's the only reason they do it because it's fun to chant fuck Dallas or fuck the Cowboys and all that kind of stuff. But oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's go through the game. I mean, not really a lot to talk about. It was kind of what we've come to expect from this Eagles team. Uh, the thing I did fear going into this game is the Texans have a really good rookie running back and, uh, Pierce, he lit them up. He, uh, but you know, I looked at his stats. I tried to trade, for him in my fantasy league like two weeks ago hey he's had yeah he's had a really good season he's uh he runs hard I was really impressed with him last night he had casino do you have his stats up oh for last night yeah he went uh 27 attempts 139 yards um no touchdowns sadly yeah, well, that's the thing we've always talked about, right? With both of our teams is we have that bend, don't break offense or the bend, don't break defense where offense can get as much yards as they like. And then you either hold them to field goals or stop them from getting in the end zone. Uh, this Eagles, you can, especially with the loss of Jordan Davis, he's only going to be out for four weeks, but he there's an insane stat out there. I can't find it, but I heard somebody say it. And, you know, like one of those guys who like really breaks down, you know, footage and stuff like that. It's uh, Ben Solak for the ringer. He was also used to be for bleeding green. Great, great, like Eagles football guy who says 900 words about an Eagles game. I understand half of it, but it's always really informational and stuff like that. He was talking about Jordan Davis impact in the running game is like, when people rush against the Eagles, when he's off the field, they do eight yards per carry. When he's on the field, they do like three yards per carry. So he is just like this ultimate run-stopping defensive tackle that when he's off the field, the Eagles defense doesn't know what to do. So you can run on the Eagles, but as we saw last night, you can't pass on them. Nobody has really had a great to good uh, or great, let alone good passing performance against this Eagles defense. They're one of the best, if not the best pass, pass defense in the league. They get pressure. They have maybe the best quarter cornerback duo in the league. And yeah, that was on display last night. Uh, Jalen Hurts on the other end, 21 for 27, 243, two touchdowns. He did lose a fumble. Uh, Miles Sanders, 17 for 93 and one touchdown. But this is really the... Dallas Goddard game, eight receptions, 100 yards, one touchdown, and then A.J. Brown had four for 59 a touchdown. So, yeah, short week. Uh, they played – both these teams played within four days of their last game, which is also why I'm sure I've ranted about this before. I fucking hate Thursday night games. It just sucks for the team involved. But now 
thanks to the scheduling gods, the Eagles do not play another game for 11 days. So hopefully, oh, snap, Casino's now going no beanie as well. I got itchy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so anything to take away from this game, Casino, that you didn't know going into it or? No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. Again, they're just every aspect of their team, they're winning at and that's a recipe for success man yeah and again i love i believe in this team i uh was as skeptical as anyone to begin with they've won me over and i think the most important thing as a fan is like twofold right is the team good and do you believe in them so yes and then the second thing is is your team likable right? Like if you're a Broncos fan, your team is immensely hateable because of Russell Wilson, right? So whenever you bring up like, oh, I'm a Broncos fan, people who follow sports are going to be like, oh my God, like Russell Wilson. And then like bitch about that, right? I don't think there's one hateable player on this Eagles team. Like that just like draws the ire of people. I feel like it's like a squad of guys that everybody's just kind of like, I like that guy or like, he's fine. Like there's no, like just dickheads, if that makes sense. And that makes it a really fun team to root for. I never thought about that, but I mean, I guess that's because I don't, there's nobody on that team to really be like, (laughs) screw you. Yeah. Like Jalen hurts is the ultimate, like Philadelphia underdog. Like nobody gave him anything. All he did is like work hard. And now he's like a really good quarterback. And he just seems like they interviewed him after the game and he was like, I went eight, no in college. And then we la- lost the uh, championship game. So eight, no, doesn't mean anything. And everybody was like, I mean, good point. <laughs> like, yeah, it's uh, I like this team, but casino last thing on this is I was checking out ESPN sports center last night. So this is the next seven or no i'm sorry eight games the eagles have to play and their percentage chance to win okay i'm going to run through these tell me if one of these sticks out to you uh commanders 83 percent, and these are 80 the higher the percentage to win obviously uh colts 84 percent, packers 71 percent, titans 79 percent, giants 73 percent, bears 78 percent, cowboys 45 percent uh saints 72 percent giants 80 percent so every game the lowest one is 71 percent and that's at the packers it gets to the cowboys they are a 45 percent chance to win so the cowboys they're giving them a 35 percent chance to beat this team more than every other team including the five and two uh titans the six and two giants it's just like why why do we do this casino this is why eagles fans chant dallas sucks at every opportunity because the blow job that is just constantly given to the cowboys uh correct me if i'm wrong casino did the eagles just play the cowboys and beat them that is correct oh okay and uh dak prescott didn't play in that game right that is correct. No. <laughs> and last question. I'm not leading the witness. This has a point. Uh, does Dak Prescott play defense for the uh, Dallas Cowboys or does he play offense? 
that is correct. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I mean, exactly. It's it's ridiculous, man. That it's ridiculous that they that that's a huge margin. And I understand what they're at home this time. Uh huh. Thirty four or thirty five percent just because they're at home. Dude, I don't know. Again, this is one of those things like last night's game where you just look at the box score and you're like, that was way closer than I thought. And it's just like, you didn't watch the game then. It's like, no, it wasn't. The Texans went up seven to zero. And you know what the Eagles did? They went on like a 92 yard drive that took 17 plays and nine minutes and then scored a touchdown. Like, They did the exact same thing about the Cowboys. They did the exact same thing about the Jaguars. The second you score on the Eagles and you're within uh, being close to them or you're leading, all they do is just methodically and with like just all the time in the world, just slowly move down the field. They get everybody on the defense tired and everybody on the offense on the other team to like cool down. And then they score and then you come out you have no momentum, right? Because it just took 10 minutes to get back on the field. And then they just slowly do it again. And it's like, I don't know how many times we have to see that in a game before people start like respecting it. But there's all these crazy, crazy stats where it's like, this is the first team ever since 1940, blah, blah, blah. And I I could be a dickhead and just list them all right here. But it's just like, ugh, ugh, I'm done. I'm done, Casino. I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. We can move off that game. I just had to, that's, that's been stewing in me since last night. And really it wasn't even the game, the game. I was like, Oh, like that was fine. It was when I was watching sports center and I saw that percentage thing. And I was just like, what reasoning? Like for what the quarterback, like five weeks ago, Cooper rush was the best quarterback in the league and he was undefeated and he'd never turned the ball over and he was going to kill the Eagles. And then all of a sudden he goes in the game, turns the ball over three times and throws it for like 90 yards. And everybody's like, Oh, Cooper rush sucks. Wait till Dak gets back. And he was like, he was the Messiah two hours before this game. Okay. Now I'm really done. Now I'm really done, <laughs> but let's transition uh to our week nine picks casino uh obviously to keep the eagles streak alive i have to pick against them every week so i picked the texans last night casino picked the eagles i picked the eagles so you know you already have one on the board uh i don't understand like i just i'm getting a win every single i'm getting one point against you every single week it's great yeah and at and like you said at this point if i picked the Eagles for every game I actually thought they would win we'd be within like a game of each other but because of this uh this weird thing I have where I'm telling my wife to leave at halftime because she came home and then the other team scored I'm a a psycho when it comes to the Eagles I know you can't tell that by me constantly ranting about them on the podcast but (laughs) um But now from one psycho sports fan to the other, let's go to the first game of the week casino, which just so happens to be Ah. the three, four, and one Colts at your four and four New England Patriots. Uh, 
Breaking news as of two hours ago, Jonathan this Taylor. Is, this is why I'm picking the Patriots <laughs> right now. Jonathan Taylor with an ankle injury has been ruled out for the game against the Patriots. Uh, so they have Sam Ellinger. They have Michael Pittman and question mark. So who you taking in this one, Casino? I feel by your reaction to that news, I feel like I already know, but... Oh yeah, this, this was going to be a little bit tougher of a call um, before that news came out because, I mean, the Patriots, if if you can get on the outside and run outside on the Patriots, they, they that again, their style of play, if you get on the outside, you can keep walking it down the field. And I'm, I'm with him out. I'm, I'm all for this. <laughs> I'm all for it, man. Well, also, Jonathan Taylor has had a really down year. He like, has. he just... He has, but... But this was ripe for a fucking upset game. Or, like, his comeback game, and, like, he's running such, all over him. Yes, it's, it's... it's Whether he's been playing well or not, I still didn't want to go up against him. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that he's out, and for that, and being at home... Um, I don't know if I agree with a, a minus six uh, for the Patriots, but. Um, oh yeah. That's a lot. Well, is, I mean, I guess it is in new England. That, I, feel, I don't new feel like England that's crazy. That. I mean, do I think the Patriots still cover this high possibility? Yes, but I wouldn't bet on this game personally. Um, but yeah, so I'm taking the pass on this one. Because one of their big weapons that the Patriots that I'm sure Belichick would have had a scheme to stop is out of the game. Yeah, that's true. And again, we've talked about this uh, when he's played uh, Zach Wilson or any of the like young quarterbacks, really Justin Fields is the only one that like buck this trend. But when he plays guys. And that was the coaching. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, That, yeah, that was more coaching and scheme and like, trickery and stuff like that when it's just a rookie quarterback or a newer quarterback going against bill belichick i mean he's what been in the league for 40 years he just knows how to make those type of guys uncomfortable i actually liked what i saw from ellinger last week we've talked about the colts defense is ranked uh i believe they are one two three four five six so they're ninth in the league, so they have a good defense. I mean, so this really mean, does Ellinger, feel like it's going to be a defensive struggle or a defensive yeah, I mean, battle, I, I should say. I mean, Ellinger didn't play bad. I mean, he was what, no. he was like 17 for 23. He had 201 yards for that game. And, you know, he's not, not bad. It wasn't a bad showing. Well, no. Uh, and it was that thing where it was this team uh, – the offense wasn't bad with Matt Ryan on it. He just kept turning the ball over. So it's like if you have that same game plan with Ellinger and he just doesn't turn the ball over, like this Colts team, again, they're still right there in that AFC South. But if they lose this game, it might be – and then the Titans win, they would be three games back instead of two. And then it just kind of feels like it's – you know spiraling out of control and then you have the afc north teams afc east teams all probably taking those last wild card spots so this really does feel like the kind of last gas for this underperforming colts team who i feel like people thought was just going to take over that afc south but 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. However, I am taking the Pats as well, pretty much for everything you said. I think they have a better, uh, I don't think on paper, they obviously don't have a better defense, but against the competition they're playing, I would take their defense this week over the Colts defense. So next up, we have your other favorite team casino led by your favorite quarterback. We all know who I'm talking about. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at three and five at Detroit one and six. Uh, You know, give me the uh, give me the Aaron Rodgers love you always give us and why you're picking him against this Lions team. (laughs) Uh, um, I hate I I just want to punch you in the face right now. You know how much though. Because I am going to be picking the Packers to win this game. Yeah, we all know it. You love them. God damn. You love them. I hate you. (laughs) um, God damn it. The Lions getting, having Hawkinson not there anymore um, is definitely going to hurt them heavily on the offensive uh, side of things. Um, yep. I'm not saying Green Bay is going to run away with this. The line's only three and a half and four Green Bay. And you know what? I think that's about right. Um, even though they're playing, a, uh, you know, the one and six lines, I still think that's about right there. I think the Packers squeak by again. Rodgers is back, baby. That's what they're going to be saying. <laughs> gargle, gargle. That's them sucking his dick. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm leaning is Packers going to take this one. Yeah. Uh, And quick side note, I realized when we were doing our contenders or pretenders uh, video, which also we have not mentioned, we had two YouTube exclusive videos that will not be on this podcast that are on our YouTube channel, the only sports podcast on YouTube. So we played a game of contenders or pretenders where we took 10 teams, the Packers being one of them, I believe. No, the Packers were not in it. Or maybe they were. Whatever. I don't know. We took 10 teams. I've already forgot. (laughs) We took 10 teams, decided amongst each other if they were contenders or pretenders. Contenders meaning they would win a game in the playoffs if they got to it. And then we also did one talking about the trade deadline where you can hear our thoughts on all the stuff that happened, including Hawkinson, like Casino was just talking about. But uh, I bring that up to say, I realize in that pod that when you look up team offense and team defense, it breaks it down league wide by yards, which I don't think is an accurate uh like analysis or an accurate description of great defenses is that why you've been doing so bad on your picks maybe maybe so this week i'm basing all my team defense and offense stats on points scored because you win you score more points you win you allow more points you lose and that makes the dallas cowboys casino the still the third best team in the league. So in no metric are they number one. I just wanted to throw that one in there. But uh, this, this whole rant and, and discussion was just so you could put that in there. Fair enough. Yes, but I also bring that in there because in every metric, the this Lions team is the last defense in the league, right? We've talked about them just being a sieve. They allow the worst offenses in the league to just look like 
you know, the the undefeated Patriots season where they were just, you know, murking fools with everybody throwing or with everybody looks like they're Tom Brady throwing 50 touchdowns to Randy Moss against this Lions defense. This Lions defense is historically bad, allowing 32 points a game over 429 yards a game, which is crazy that they're averaging that. Like that is insane. Uh, That's college ball, baby. Yeah, this is. Uh, so this feels like the Packers. I mean, this is going to be. This feels like one of those games where the Packers win thirty-five to thirteen, and then everybody's like, "The Packers are back. The Packers are back." When it's just like, no, Aaron Rodgers has always owned the Lions. He's always owned the Bears. The Vikings are really the only ones that like have put up fights against him, and. Yeah, this just seems like an easy Packers win that kind of is just like a who gives a shit. Like they should win this game. They should win it handily. But as we just talked about with the Eagles Texans, like no game is a gimme. But still, it's going to be Packers all day. Uh, Next up, we are moving to, if I can get my thing situated here, the... I feel like this is maybe the most interesting game of this week. The four and three Los Angeles chargers at the four and four Atlanta Falcons. You could make a case for either team. In my opinion, who are you uh, picking in this one? Casito? I'm real interested. Uh, I'm, I know that uh, chargers are favored by three. I'm going upset. I'm going to go with the Falcons. And that's not just because we've been talking about Mariota. I'm just going to go with home field advantage off of this one. Um, to me, this feels more like a almost a pick em kind of game. Um, and I'm just going to go Atlanta on that basis that they are playing at home. Um, really no other reasoning. Yep. Uh, you know what? Uh, I wrote for the first uh like uh last week and the week before that i forgot to write my picks down before and i was kind of making them just as we go this week i wrote my picks down in advance i was hoping to get an upset pick for this one that you would pick the chargers and i would pick the falcons i am also picking the falcons and i'm also going to be betting this game casino because it is insane that this chargers team is a three-point favorite against this falcons team like yeah. and also also Cordell Patterson could be he did practice Wednesday and he could be coming back for this game which gives Ooh. him like yeah that's another big uh reason especially if he's he's in there you're gonna have to watch out for him the Atlanta Falcons are the seventh ranked uh points per game score this year uh the charges are the 11th but again this one I feel like is much like the last game or not the last game, the game we talked about beforehand, where it's going to come down to the defense who can make a stop, but Atlanta is right there at 29th charges are right there in 31st. So both these guys don't have good defenses. Both of them have explosive offenses. We obviously both like Herbert. We both like Mariota. Uh, But again, this just feels like one of those games. Everybody is going to be picking the Chargers because people are still in that. The Chargers also have people out, man. Well, that's the thing. Uh, Everybody's still like Keenan Allen. Everybody's still like missing practice. And it's still like. Williams gone for a bit. Uh, Joshua Palmer, not he's sidelined with a concussion. Like Uh, Eckler has like abdominal pains or something like that. So it's like every 
we've talked about this for weeks now. It's been every offensive or defensive playmaker for this Chargers team is banged up or not playing or always like a game time decision. And we're still, and I say we as like the sports media is still hyping up this Chargers team as if they are what we thought they would be coming into the season. They're not. They look insanely beatable. They're very uh, hot or cold each week. And this Atlanta Falcons team, they're fun to watch. Maybe they're the best watch just consistently in the league in terms of excitement in the games they're playing. Uh, I'm picking Atlanta Falcons just basically because I think Chargers are going to be overhyped going into this game. Falcons have been underhyped all season. And yeah, fun game. Mariota versus Herbert and now that my Eagles have played I feel like this is the game I'm going to be watching at 10 a.m it feels like good time and you know me Casino my team uh that doesn't seem like a good time and you know me I'm always looking for a good time uh next up (laughs) the six and one (laughs) Buffalo Bills at the five and three New York Jets a game in my eyes feels much more interesting on paper than it'll actually end up being. I feel like contender for blowout game of the week. Your thoughts, oh, Casino? Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, this this is going to be bad. This this is going to get rough on the Jets real fast. I um, feel. Uh, last night's game, they were talking about how the Eagles haven't played like a perfect game. And then I was thinking like, who has played a perfect game? And then I was like racking my brain. I think the only perfect game this season was the Buffalo Bills against Tennessee. Remember on that Monday night game where they just did, it looked like they were the best team that's ever played football and they were like unstoppable, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm not saying 41, seven. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that will be how this game turns out but i'm saying there's much more of a possibility in my mind of that happening than this game being close fair enough uh is there any case to be made for the jets because i mean they are five and three can you see any scenario no i don't i don't their best offensive weapons out and gone for a bit so i mean yeah it, it ain't happening it's not happening um Zach Wilson's confidence in shot. You saw those horrible interceptions that he had, as you were saying, like he was literally closing his eyes and just throwing it up and like, Oh, there's three Patriot players. Let me just throw it back there. Let's see what happens. No, he's, it's, he's still number one in my heart, but he's gonna, (laughs) he's going to get crushed. In his defense. Do you think there were hot moms in the stands distracting him? We don't know. I haven't I haven't seen a report saying there wasn't. If there so, was, I would like to see the footage on that. <laughs> I mean, when you're Zach Wilson, like the world's your oyster, right? And the world's oysters are hot milfs. And a lot of hot milfs go to Jets Patriots game. This has been a proven fact. Don't look it up. Uh, but <laughs> so this also just feels like it's going to be closer to a home game because obviously these teams both play in New York. It's not like, Oh, there's going to be a ton of bills fans there. Tons of bills. It's going to be outrageous. Yeah. I talked about on the contenders or pretenders video where I was looking at Vikings, uh, uh, 
like Twitter and online social things to see what the reaction to Hawkinson was. The Jets online reaction to Zach Wilson being their quarterback is some of the most toxic worst shit I've ever seen in my life. They fucking hate this guy. How uh, even like Mm -hmm. at five and three, even when he has like a relatively okay to good game, they still want him burned at the stake. I'm literally seeing every post be like, we got to get Flacco back in there. We got to get Flacco back in there. When your fan base is clamoring for Joe Flacco in 2022, (laughs) you have a problem. Uh, But honestly, I could see him if Zach Wilson, what if he throws three picks in the first half? You don't see a scenario where Flacco comes in in the second half, does some of that Flacco magic. No, he's not going to be able, it would be too far gone at that point. Yeah, even even if Flacco comes in and does well, it would, the game would be way too gone. And and the only case for the Jets is maybe uh, Josh Allen finally has a bad game, and we've talked about that. You know, vaunted uh, Bills offense basically being Josh Allen. That's a nice poof casino. Told you um, the poof comes so, off. So maybe they just uh, cross their fingers that Josh Allen wakes up and he. It has a flu game or something. I don't know. But my contention for uh, blowout game of the week, we're both picking bills. So far, we have all had the same picks except Eagles Texans. Uh, this one, maybe we will have a different pick. I might be smelling upset, Casino. I'm smelling something. Six and one Minnesota Vikings at the Washington Commanders, led by my second favorite quarterback, Tyler Heineke. Who are you picking, Casino? Minnesota. <laughs> I'm going to make the case for the Commanders. What's your Let's case for the Vikings? Um, they're a good team that only lost to the Eagles, and they just got better. That's true. Also, you use the word loss wrong. They got destroyed by the Eagles. That was the best game the Eagles have played all season. And it's crazy they played it against a six and one team because yeah, that might actually be the only, the second perfect game I've seen this season because to shut down the Vikings the way they did. We've talked enough about the Eagles. Uh, so now let's talk about the commanders. I don't know, man. So Tyler Heineke, he's won the last three. People forget that the commanders were one and three. And everybody put the nail in their coffin, including us. Now they're four and four, kind of in contention, maybe for that last wild card spot. Uh, okay, but they played the Bears, Packers, and Colts. Hey, they played your favorite quarterback. They played a good Colts defense. And if you, a... if you refer to him as my favorite quarterback <laughs> one more time, I'm walking off the show. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, this love runs deep. Uh, next, so. <laughs> uh all this being said i believe in tyler heineke and i'm still picking the vikings i think the vikings have been disrespected this season kind of rightfully so because uh if we're going to talk about like frauds like who have the vikings really played the one good team they did play is the team everybody doesn't think is a good team and they got absolutely destroyed by them so I don't know what to make of this Vikings team, but you can't lie with that record six and one. They have all the offense. Like you talked, they also got Hawkinson. We'll see if he's a factor in this game. I don't see why you wouldn't be unless Kirk Cousins doesn't like throwing to the tight end. Uh, 
So we're going, we're both going Vikings against the commanders team, but I might also be peeking in on that game. I feel like that'll at least be an interesting watch. You might as well just, just watch the red zone. Yeah. So then it can go to all of them. I also like that channel where it's four games going at the same time, but yeah. I can't, I can't pay attention to that many things at once. Uh, next up, the two and six Carolina Panthers at the four and four Cincinnati Bengals. Who you got for this one, Casino? Bengals. Bengals, Bengals, Bengals. I still think Carolina's gosh darn awful. Yeah. And maybe if the Carolina Panthers can get their running game going, they might have a shot. But that Bengals defense is sneaky good. Everybody talks about Burrow, but the Bengals defense at the moment is ranked 13th in points allowed and first or no, I'm sorry, 14th in yards allowed. So they're kind of middle of the pack, but they are also one of that team, one of those teams that makes really good halftime adjustments and then you just don't score or move the ball in the second quarter. So I don't think any of this will matter against, like you said, just a contender for worst team in the league with the two and six Carolina Panthers. They're starting PJ Walker, who is, I still think statistically one of the worst quarterbacks to like ever play in the NFL. It's weird. That whole team just feels like a mess. Uh, so, yeah, we're both picking the Bengals. Next game may be the worst game of the weekend. Our hometown, 2-5 Las Vegas Raiders at the 2-6 Jacksonville Jaguars. I will not be watching an ounce of this game. I mean, no. it's blacked out for one on our coverage, but if, even if it pops up on red zone, I'm going to change it. Yeah, this looks like... We need a game. We need we, we still need a name for the shit game of the week. But maybe that's just what it is. The shit game of the week because this looks like it's going to be rough. As Casino's dog just said, this game looks like it's going to be rough, rough. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but still, we got to pick it. Who you picking for this game, Casino? Uh, do you want to do the coin flip thing so we have something different? Yeah. All right. Um, you got a coin? I'll use the app. Oh, you have a coin flip app? No, I'm gonna make one. <laughs> or not make one. I'm not crazy cool like that. All right, all right. It's so let's say um, heads. Heads will do Raiders for me, and tails um, will be Jags for me. And okay. Flipping. Flip again. Flip. 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 It's heads. So you pick the Raiders, which means yep. I get the Jaguars. I don't know if I'm happy or sad about that because, again, I feel like this game could go either way. And, yeah, just nothing nothing really much to talk about this game. Both these teams are out of playoff contention. They're in divisions where the lead is so far ahead of them. There's really no shot. This Both these teams just look like they're rebuilding – when they weren't supposed to be, right? We picked the Raiders right. and Jaguars to both have great years, and it's just been good years. Yeah. Uh, next up, another interesting game. 
the five and three Miami Dolphins at the three and five Chicago Bears. Bears feel like a way better team than three and five. Dolphins kind of feel like a better team than five and three. Not much better, but I feel like they should be maybe six and two. Uh, what do you got for this one, Casino? Dolphins at Bears. Um, I still think Bears have a little bit to prove. If they win this game, all right, I'll start taking them a little more seriously because um, Miami's not going to be bad. So uh, I think Bears have one more game to prove for me to, before I start considering them um, a, a better team. Um, I know they, you know, destroyed my team, which, I mean, again, I haven't said my team's a good team um, all season. Um I'm going to go with Miami just because I still like that uh, Tua Hill connection. Um, every and time Waddle. they play, every, every game, yeah, and Waddle. But I mean, every game that uh, every game that they've played with Tua has played, that's happened. So yeah, um, until that doesn't happen, and until Chicago actually wins one more and uh, they can put a string of wins together, then. Uh, yeah, I would have to say I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with uh, Miami on this one. The interesting thing about the Chicago Bears team is they had a really good defense, right? A couple of years ago, they had Khalil Mack. They've had uh, the defensive players. They've just decided to trade away this season uh, before the tra trade deadline. One going to the uh, Eagles. I can't remember where the other guy went. Um, I'm not sure. Well, you look that up and let the dog out before you start barking yeah but so the bears team bears obviously always known for good defense they traded away their defensive assets the past couple of years to kind of and really they only have chase claypool and justin fields as like the offensive identity of this team now so I don't know it's just interesting to me that bears feel like they're kind of in like kind of contenders for maybe last wild card, but yet they're still getting rid of every good defensive player they had and only adding Chase Claypool. So it feels weird, this Bears team getting rid of all their defense to not really add anything on offense except for one wide receiver. We'll see how he factors into this game, but I really feel like this Miami offense, we've seen them put up points. The Bears defense now is just... Uh, doesn't really have any notable names on it. So I don't see how Miami doesn't just light this Bears team up. I'm picking Dolphins, and I'm assuming you are as well. Yep. Uh, it's also weird that every Bears defensive player was like, I don't want to be here anymore. That seems like a weird, like, I don't know, just uh, a weird thing where your all pros are just like, this place sucks, get me out of here. Especially after like a big win against your Patriots team. I don't know. But next up, the surging five and three Seattle Seahawks at the three and five Arizona Cardinals. Who you got for this game, Casino? I'm going the upset with this because uh, Arizona's favored by two. I'm going Seahawks here. I'm oh. going Gino here, baby. This the the Cardinals are favored. Yeah, that seems by weird. Two. I know that's why I'm saying I'm going with this upset here. And is there a reasoning for this upset? Just Gino. Gino all Gino. day. 
And we also talked about that running back, the the Kenneth Walker. Gosh darn it. I did I did Jeff's thing. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well which uh for for our fans listening, if you want, put a put a like or something on our post or comment saying that you would like Jeff to uh come in as a um producer producer producer. yeah i think that would be fun and he would just buzz a button when i ask you for input on a game and you just give me nothing he's gonna do a buzzer that we can both hear actually uh shock me yeah and uh uh but as far as this game goes shout out to jeff Uh, when you said you were going with the upset, I thought you were going to pick the same team I did, which was the Cardinals. I did not realize the Cardinals were favored. So I'm actually going with the favorite. I'm picking the Cardinals at home. I feel like we've talked about it before. Seattle Seahawks, bottom five defense in the league. Uh, Cardinals finally have DeAndre Hopkins back. Tyler Murray, hopefully he, uh, studied his playbook and he wasn't just playing the new call of duty all week that's a real concern but i don't know i feel like this cardinals team everybody's going to be picking the seattle for what we've seen i trust geno smith i don't think he's going to be the reason they lose the game but i do think this seattle seahawks defense won't be able to contain what can still be a high-powered arizona cardinals offense it's just been kind of other stuff that has derailed this team this season so yeah i'm picking the cardinals in what i thought would be an upset but i guess i forgot to factor in them being at home and then playing against the seattle seahawks team that everybody's just waiting for them to fail basically but that's no knock against the seahawks team i feel like we both believe in this team it's just yeah divisional game hard stuff i'm picking cardinals all right, next game, we are moving on to Casino, the three and four Los Angeles Rams at the three and five Tampa Bay Bucks. Who are you picking for this game? Uh, I'm going Tampa Bay Bucks here. Um, I know they haven't been great, um, but it, they can still get points on the board with their field goal game. Um, yes, they're not getting any touchdowns, but the Rams, I think, are just. They're not making me happy this year in, in any way, shape, or form outside of Cooper Cup and fantasy, and that's all they got. Um, so I, I think Tampa being at home and still being able to put points on the board regardless that it's just field goals, uh, I'm going to take the Bucks on this one. Um, pretty much that. Yep. That's weird that you say not making you happy, but then you're talking about the Rams. I thought you were talking about Tom Brady and Giselle. Uh, but I am picking the Los Angeles uh, Rams for the simple fact that uh, every episode I will try to get a Tom Brady is divorce joke in. That's two, I believe, maybe three, four podcasts in a row streak, keeping it alive. Uh, but I am picking the Los Angeles Rams because casinos unbeanied again. The beanie on, beanie off tension of this podcast is heightening. It's so itchy. Uh, <laughs> so I need a haircut. I, so do I, dude. Ugh. I just can't find the time. It's hard. It's hard. But uh, I'm picking the Los Angeles Rams because the Tampa Bay Bucks, just in this game, will be without Antonio Winfield Jr., their defensive back, tight end Cam Bray, 
uh, left guard Luke Godiki. I'm not even going to try to say that. And then wide receiver Russell Gage. So that whole team's beat up. The whole team, that's basically three offensive uh, personnel for this Bucks team that has already had trouble scoring. There's all the personal stuff with Tom Brady we've talked about. He clearly looks like he either doesn't give a shit about football or is just distracted by all non-football related things. I think, I'm not even going to say a Rams bounce back because I think them winning this game to get to four and four, I don't really expect anything from either of these teams. I think they're both missing the playoffs this year. So yeah. I'm picking the Los Angeles Rams, which will be crazy to see a three and six Tom Brady led team. I don't think that'll have ever happened, right? Like he's never had, has he ever so. had a losing season? I don't believe um, so. I don't think so because I think the year that uh, the Jets beat him out uh, for the playoffs that year, um, 10, 11, I think we were still above five. I think the Pats were still above 500 there. Yeah, well, they Tom Brady has definitely in his career never been three and six. No way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just insane. Next up, maybe, I don't know, again, this looks like the Bills-Jets thing where it looks like a good game on paper, but when the actual game starts playing, I don't think it will be a good game. The Sunday night game, five and two Tennessee Titans at the five and two Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs, aren't they a crazy, like, isn't this Eagles-Texans line? Isn't it like 12 and a half or something ridiculous like that for the Chiefs? Uh, once my phone just totally blanked out on me here for a sec. And then I dropped like 6% of my battery. That was weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was awful. Um, no, yeah, the line is minus 12 and a half. It's, it's higher than what the other one was. The other one was only... Uh, 11 and a half this is 12 and a half that that is insane for a five and two team to be playing a five and two team like I get the Chiefs are at home but we've seen I mean we've seen the Chiefs firing on all cylinders this this year but they also have that real bad ugly loss to a Colts team they shouldn't have lost to the we've seen this Chiefs team just play weird games over the years where it's just like how are they losing this game how are they blowing out or how are they not blowing out this team so i don't I think it's coming off of um who's going to be quarterback for the titans is it going to be Tannehill or is it going to be uh malik willis yeah right now as of 35 minutes ago it says that Tannehill is a game time decision so I mean, but we've seen this Titans team, you know, they can control the clock, obviously with Derrick Henry, they can manage the game with Tannehill, their defense, I believe is middle of the pack, right? Oh, I nailed yeah. it. They're 15th in the league. So I mean, in, no, that's not nailing it. You're, you're, you're one off, but this whatever. Oh, I mean. Damn. Damn. I had to have to do me like that casino. Yeah, I did. I knew you later better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, also, I mean, you, you've touched, touched on it a little bit. Uh, uh, the Chiefs just got that accusation from uh, her. Jesus. Um, they just got from the Giants. Uh, Tooney. Tooney. So, I mean, he could be a massive game player. And here comes my child. <laughs> Wait, is it Kadarius? I know his first name is Kadarius. Is it Tooney? 
I believe it's Tootie. Tony? I don't know. You know, let's just go Tony, huh? <laughs> Tony. Uh, I mean, I am Italian, so we can't say it like that. But uh, so the Titans defense, middle of the pack, their offense is obviously just all Derrick Henry, and they're just going to rush him until his legs basically fall off. The Chiefs defense on the other end, they're 27th in the league in points allowed. They have, or no, I'm sorry, in yards allowed, which they're they're allowing 370 a game points per game. They are still kind of bottom of the league at 23rd. So this Chiefs defense really isn't anything to write home about. Obviously, it's all offense with Kelsey and Mahomes and then they have just a cornucopia of wide receivers but not a true number one maybe Tooney well done for the season cornucopia there you go well done. Uh, but maybe Tooney comes in and is that lead number one wide receiver but he wasn't that on the Giants so it's weird but that's the same thing we said about uh Juju Smith-Schuster right like oh maybe he comes into this Chiefs team and is the number one wide receiver he never really was on the Steelers. And then he came in and he's having a, an okay year, but he's not like this big breakout number one wide receiver. So I don't know. I feel like I'm a lot less confident in this Chiefs team than everybody who's just crowning them like right there with the Bills. I just don't think they... I just don't think they have the defense to be right there with the Bills, right? The Bills and Eagles... I would agree the best teams in the NFC and uh, AFC have top five defenses like the chiefs bottom, uh, a bottom 10 defense. So I don't know. I mean, but all this is just a roundabout way of saying, I'm still picking the chiefs to win. I just think that line is insane. Insane. The, this, the Titans are still five and they have the same record as the chiefs to be 12 and a half point favorites. Like calm down, calm down, especially where, we just saw Derrick Henry rush for 200 yards. Why wouldn't this be another game where he could do that same thing? This Kansas city team isn't a good rush defense. So no, I don't know. Uh, next up. Uh, I don't know what to make of this game. I don't know if it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, honestly, this was one of the coin flip ones because I don't trust this Ravens team, but five and three Ravens at, the three and five New Orleans Saints. Who you got for this one, Casino? Because this one feels like a pick 'em to me, and I don't know why. Oh man! Um, so didn't I'm going to go Ravens here because um, didn't it just get put out there that uh, I think I read that earlier today that Thomas is uh, Thomas is out. Oh yeah, with a toe injury, and there's that great meme going around that that Redskins or I'm dang it, I said it. Uh, the Commanders running back got shot, and he missed three games, and now Michael Thomas has hurt his toe and has basically missed like a year and a half. <laughs> so nice. <there's, laughs> but yeah, Michael Thomas, it must be a hell of a toe injury if you're out for the season with it. Like that is insane to miss an entire season but uh is that why you're picking the ravens casino yeah plus their uh rushing is pretty dang good and uh saints defense against the rush is just middle of the pack so i'm gonna roll with that let's Um, see in terms of points allowed i believe the ravens are 
oh, I thought they would be much further down. They're 19th in the league. I think in yards, they're one of the worst. So they give up a lot of yards and then kind of you score. Yeah, they're 24th in the league in yards. And then whatever I just said for points. So their defense, but then they just uh, got the guy from the Bears. Why can I not? I've, I literally keep blanking on his name. Uh, oh, Roquan Smith. I'm sorry. They just got him from the Bears. Will he make an immediate impact? I mean, we'll see. We'll see, but I'm assuming we're both picking the Ravens. Yep. And, oh, I believe that's it. So the only games we differ on this week is Bucks rams Oh, I didn't get your Chiefs pick. I'm assuming you're picking the Chiefs against the yes. Titans as well? Yep. yep, yep. So the only games we differ on are rams Bucks. You're picking the Bucks. I'm picking the Rams. Seahawks-Cardinals. You're picking the Seahawks. I'm picking the Cardinals. And then we did a coin flip for Jaguars-Raiders. And you're picking the Raiders. I'm picking the Jags. Every other game we have the same. So Outside of last night. Yeah. And last night, I only picked different to keep the streak going. And it worked. So... Boom. Boom. All right, Casino, where do you want to move from here? You want to go um, NBA or you want to go college football? Um, apparently, like I said, neither. Um, <laughs> so let's go NBA because I really want to talk about this story. All right. So the, the NBA talk, obviously, this week has nothing to do with basketball. And we are so far removed from basketball it's insane but because it's a basketball player we obviously have to talk about it uh also i feel like we should preface this for people listening if they're not watching us on youtube both of us meaning you and i casino are pasty straight white guys and neither of us are jewish and neither of us are black and neither of us are basketball players so now that all those caveats are out of the way Let's talk about it. Kyrie Irving is, this might be shocking, but Kyrie Irving is once again saying dumb shit. Uh, That is all like conspiracy theories. And uh, he has been now suspended five games from the Nets for anti-Semitic uh, statements and promoting anti-Semitic documentary that is on Amazon. Uh, shockingly, Amazon, not the best uh, moral uh, company in the world to have this kind of shit on their platform. Who would have thought? Uh, so what are your just immediate, well, I guess not immediate, but what are your just oh, yeah. overall thoughts of this whole situation that's been going on for a week at this point? I mean, it, he's just insane. You feel like that he he would play in the you know uh, NFL or something. He has some CTE because this dude's just bonkers. He's yeah. bonkers. Um, and, and sometimes it, when it all first started, when he was like flat earthing and all that stuff, like it kind of felt like he was joking a bit. Yeah. And then, but now it's just it's getting worse. It's getting worse. <laughs> So going to this topic, um, he had an out-ish to just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I posted. I didn't really. Can I read you? Anybody. Can I read you his answer to yeah. the question, 
Are you anti-Semitic? Yes. Just go for it. Okay. He had his out. He could have apologized, and but no. <laughs> um, are you anti-Semitic? I'm a beacon of light. I'm not afraid of these mics, these cameras, any label you put on me. I'm able to dismiss because I study. I know the Oxford Dictionary. Uh, this is in response to Kyrie Irving with a lengthy answer on the public reaction of his sh- to his sharing of an anti-Semitic film on social media. This reminds me of the, you remember when all that horrific, horrific shit with uh, Penn State was happening with Jerry Sandusky and all that kind of stuff, where Jerry yeah. Sandusky in a 60-minute interview was asked, are you a pedophile? And his response was, no, I just like the company of children. And everybody was like, uh, why do you have a 15 second pause when somebody asks you if you're a pedophile? Like, that means you're a pedophile. Like, yeah. when somebody asks you, are you anti-Semitic? And your immediate response isn't no, then you're anti-Semitic. Like, I don't know what these, like, why do these people just think like, first off, the bullshit apology, that's just what it is. It's bullshit. We've always known this. It wasn't an apology. Well, he finally issued one after he got suspended where he said he was sorry and all this kind of stuff. But also the the response to are you anti-Semitic to be like, I've read the Oxford Dictionary, like what the fuck does one have to do with the other? Like, use Kyrie Irving is always that guy who thinks he's the smartest person in the room and then says some of the dumbest shit you've ever heard in your life like he's a big uh, Alex Jones conspiracy guy he's the flat earth guy he's now this uh, I read NBA Twitter has or NBA Reddit has been fantastic about this like there's people literally sharing 50 long page long paragraphs of like breaking down the shit that Kyrie Irving like where he's getting all this shit from it's just a whole other world I have I've I'm not smart enough to understand but people breaking it down is oh I mean I don't like basically this just boils down to Kyrie Irving once again proves he's an idiot and then he just has a shitload of followers who defend him because they like how he plays basketball. And that's pretty much all I have to say on it. Cause you know, you have anything else to add or you want to no, add? No, cause I mean, it's, 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 it's a bad hole to get down, but it, it's just crazy. His statements on, on that. I mean, that, that, the, as you said, the whole uh, thing about saying, Oh, I read the Oxford dictionary. Okay. That's, has no point to that so that that would be like oh do you want a cheese quesadilla or a cheese quesadilla and he's and he goes i i read the webster thesaurus thesaurus like, <laughs> like, I like what i don't know man it's he's a silly dude and I anybody mean, who proclaims themselves as a beacon of light you should just immediately be like okay well like, let me check my list. No longer listening to anything you say. Like, I fucking hate just, I don't care if you're black, white, whatever religion you have, blah, blah, blah. I hate the people who just go, 
I'm smarter than everybody and everybody else doesn't get it. So I'm just going to condescendingly act like I'm better than you because I know. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm sure the entire world is a fucking stupid idiot. But Kyrie Irving has figured out what what has eluded mankind. Like, okay, like, yep, yep. You're a he's a he's a great basketball player that is overrated because in the Cavs finals, he hit that great shot, right? That led to them winning the championship. Since then, he has done nothing. I really think this might just lead to the Nets either in season or after season cutting him or just getting cutting ties with him. And I don't think anybody else is going to pick him up. He has proven he's way more of a headache. We haven't even talked about the vaccine shit where it was like, He's not taking it. He was only playing home games and it become like a big circus thing, blah, blah, blah. So I'll tell you who's probably happy to be out of that organization as well. So he doesn't have to deal with them is Nash. Yeah, dude, Nash and Harden are probably both just like wiping their brow and just being like, oh, and then Kevin Durant, I would, it's getting to the point where I would feel shocked if he's still there by like the trade deadline or something. There's already rumors that, He's going to be traded. There's, uh, but those rumors have been persistent for years at this point. So when they put that, when they put that team together originally, when they had Irving, Harden, and uh, uh, Durant, Durant, I was just like, you had these three crazy egos, <laughs> like yeah. all insane people, good basketball and- players, but you have you have the short fuse of Kevin Durant, you have the insanity of Irving, and then pardon just the selfishness wanting, basically self, that, that's what i was looking for a, a selfish like th- there was no way that this was gonna work whatsoever no. and it has i mean this has everybody when this team was put together it was like the big thing where it was like this can be the best basketball team in the league if and then there was 50 ifs and literally every single one of those ifs like didn't happen right it was all worst case scenarios for two sides of the same coin and it was Harden obviously worked his way out of there to get to the Sixers and then it was like Durant is maybe the most uh like is the most mentally weak NBA player in terms of off the court like on the court I don't understand it on the court you can't shake him and he's like a great, great player, right? When he's firing on all cylinders, he might be the best player in the NBA today. But for some reason, just when he steps off the court, he is just the polar opposite of what he is on the court, which is just, he's replying to every Twitter reply that like even slightly disses him. And it's just insane. And then you have Kyrie Irving, who I don't even like lumping in with Durant and Harden because at least they're not like, they're annoying, but they're annoying in like basketball terms, right? Where it's just like team chemistry and just kind of being like a little bit of nuisance on the court, off the court. Kyrie Irving is in a different stratosphere where it's just like, he wants unity with people by, uh, like relegating hate onto another minority group. And then it's just like the best way to fight racism is to be racist against another group of people. That's always, everybody knows that's the, the, the root of it's how it works. Yeah. It's just dude. And it's just that thing where it's like, 
it's like uh he's th- always thinks he's the smartest person in the world and then he always does that th- well now this whole thing is like oh well i'm hating all these jewish people where were you when everybody was hating black people and then it's just like if there was a white guy on any NBA team spewing anti-black, like racist shit, you don't think there would be a bigger firestorm than what's happening with Kyrie Irving right now? That guy would be suspended, fired, uh, have to do a bunch of charity. It's like, it would be so much worse than what is happening here. And he's still acting like, why is this only happening to me? It's like, if anybody's racist or uh xenophobic or religious you know like anti-religion blah 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 or gay we've seen where somebody has said a gay slur and they've been suspended and fined it's like uh it's just annoying like Kyrie Irving that's that's I think that's the the easiest way to put it Kyrie Irving is just an annoying person he always has been he's he's not as good of a basketball player as he's perceived to be, especially in the past couple of years. It's just like, ugh, it's tiring, Casino. Tiring. So let's talk about standings a little bit on uh, the NBA. <laughs> I mean, can we actually talk about basketball now that we're done talking about a basketball? I was player? letting you go on it because I mean, that was <laughs> great. Um, so now talking about the standings, a um, couple things I'd like to point out. Uh, again, I don't watch it like crazy, but little things that I know. I mean, the Bucks are doing everything we expected the Bucks to do. Um, and then uh, I'm a little surprised to see the Warriors. Everybody talking about the Warriors being so great. Um, they're under 500 currently. Yeah. Uh, and then also uh, you have said and surprised. That's why I was pointing to me right now. The Cavaliers, they're, they're looking pretty strong, man. Dude, they um, just beat the Celtics in OT, I think, like oh yeah, two, three nights are, ago. The Celtics are, are – are, they've lost, what, three straight now? Yeah, four and three. Out? Yeah. So, not looking too good for them. Um, but, like, the heavy hitters out of the West um, aren't doing so hot that I thought they were going to. No. The, uh, really, the only one – uh, let's see. So Golden State Warriors, LA Clippers, and Dallas Mavericks were the ones that were like kind of everybody's pick to, you know, run the West this year. And like you said, the Golden State Warriors are three and six. I mean, kind of worst case scenario for what everybody thought they would be, but the Clippers are right there with them. Four and four. Uh, Kawhi Leonard will play who knows at this point, like he has just been out way longer than anyone else who's ever had this surgery. And it kind of feels like, (laughs) yeah, he just Um, feels like, uh, he just doesn't give a shit about basketball and kind of doesn't care anymore. Do you think, are we getting a overreaction here? Like moment? Uh, do you think that, do you think that they should be worried? Both of those teams, both, both of those teams right now. The uh, LA Clippers, the, definitely. The Clippers and the Warriors. The Clippers, definitely, because they had the same expectations and same hype when they were put this team together that the Nets did, right? But the Clippers have just fallen apart in like an on-the-court kind of way where the Nets was all like off-the-court shit with Nash not getting along with the players and Durant and all the shit we just talked about, right? So the Nets fell apart just from a chemistry standpoint, the Clippers have just fallen apart from a 
not playing as good of basketball as we all thought they would. And then Kawhi Leonard kind of just being like, maybe I don't want to play basketball anymore. And I'm just going to take my sweet ass time returning from this injury. And it's also been noted many times in the past that Kawhi Leonard is not one of those players who's going to play when he's like slightly hurt. He needs to be 100% healthy to step on the court and for Whatever reason, he has not been 100% healthy since this last injury. So who knows if he even ever comes back and plays for this Clippers team. And even if he does, how many games he plays are up in the air. Uh, As far as the Dallas Mavericks, I kind of feel like it's just more their schedule than anything. I feel like they're the only one of these three that isn't really shouldn't be in panic mode and can kind of just play their brand of basketball and kind of rise up the rankings. The Golden State Warriors, I'm, uh, I feel like they're in the middle, right? I feel like Mavericks will be fine. I think Clippers are done in terms of like doing anything with this team. But the Golden State Warriors, I feel like it's kind of wait and see. Like we'll see what they end up being. But I am nervous when I watch Warriors games. They just don't look like, the Warriors of last year, Clay Thompson is kind of having a disappointing season. I'm worried about him bouncing back. I actually think Jordan Poole has been actually better than anticipated or expected, especially when that whole thing happened with Draymond. And then everybody was like, what's their you know thing going to be like, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, uh, my surprise teams are, I feel like Memphis, Memphis and Utah are kind of right where they kind of ended this last season where it was like building, building, building. They've uh, continued momentum. The Portland Trailblazers, I feel like are right there with the Cleveland Cavaliers where it was like they had, uh, but it's the opposite where last year it was like, oh, Cavaliers, you know, there's something here. They got this young team. They got Donovan Mitchell. And now it's like uh, the, the tree has blossomed in terms of what they could be. The Portland Trailblazers, they uh, sucked last season. I don't know where this came from. Dame time is just having a resurgence of epic uh, epic proportions, and they're five and two. And then the Phoenix Suns, we saw them uh, last year lose to the, I believe they lost to the Golden State Warriors, but they were in the finals two years ago. And yeah. I just, I also feel like they're kind of right where everybody thought they would be. So anything else to add on that front casino? No, um, I think I'm good with NBA. If you want to get into this college football before we finish off this, uh, this is going to be a fun weekend, unless you yeah. have more. Uh, last thing about NBA, my 76ers started 0-3. They're at 4-5, and and then Harden's going to miss the next month with a foot injury. So... Uh, I want to, I honestly want to see this team without Harden in the lineup because they can kind of run the team through Joel Embiid, which I feel like will be better. So I'm curious to see how they perform in this next month without Harden. So definitely be watching that, but um, yeah, let's move right Wait, on uh, over before we get to college football. Cause there'll be a lot more to talk about. Um, I'm going to touch on the NHL real quick. Um, yeah. So far, there's uh, two teams that are just out there, and it's one of them happens to be the Las Vegas Golden Knights, uh, sitting there at ten and two uh, through twelve games, and then over in the East, you have the Bruins sitting at ten and one through eleven games. 
Um, something I do notice though, um, in the East, you, you only have three teams out of the entire, out of all, all the divisions over there. Um, the two over there, three teams under 500. Um, all the rest are either 500 or better. So they have definitely got the, the tougher, um, conference over there. The West, uh, I think they have seven teams under 500, one, two, three, I counted it a minute ago, four, five, six. No, uh, they have six teams under 500. Um, so kind of um, kind of interesting to look at um, going through there. Some of the teams that I had picked, the Maple Leafs have kind of fallen flat. The Kings have picked it up. Again, they were um, a favorite to win, one of the favorites to win the Cup this year. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the Lightning, previous Cup winners, they're six and four. Um, but it's interesting that the Bruins, who just let go of Bruce Cassidy, are thriving um, at 10 and wide. And the Vegas Golden Knights, who just took up Bruce Cassidy, their previous head coach, are also number one in the league um, points-wise currently. So that's that's a little interesting to take in. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see how this continues to play on out. The previous Stanley Cup winners, they have their four and four and four, four and one through five games. So they're not getting off to a hot start. Um, uh, one of the most surprising teams, I think a lot of people are out of the West, the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. They're currently six, four and two uh, through 12. And that is a little bit, um, not a lot of people saw that coming. Also the Blackhawks being uh, five, four and two um, are currently sitting third in the central, which is a playoff spot. We got a long season to go still, but yeah, um, that was just a quick around uh, around the puck there. I would like to call that. <laughs> well, um, also, I remember in our NHL preview, you talked about how the Pacific Division would be one of the toughest divisions this season uh, of the NHL. Is there is there anything happening in that division that you're shocked by so far in the season? I know you said uh, the Golden Knights are 10 and two, but. And then uh, the, the Kraken being six and four, you, you, you take the Kraken out of the mix. You have the four teams I expected Knights, Oilers, Kings, and Flames all above 500. Um, well, the Kings so are six, six, and one. Six, six, and one. So they're one, they're a half game under 500, pretty much. Um, they're a game under 500, but they still got a point out of that. Um, but I don't know the, the Kraken are, um, surprising, but, um, just looking at the, what the teams have, the, who the teams have played, um, in the Pacific, uh, they've, they've played some decent teams. Um, so, well, and they're kind of all beating up on each other. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I was going to get at. So I still think that's one of the better, better leagues and hot or better divisions than the hockey out of the four divisions. So, um, so long way to go, but I do think it was a, a very interesting note, not just because they're, you know, both, honestly, both my teams, um, before being a Massachusetts sports fan, I love the Bruins. Um, and then obviously being Golden Knights fan. Um, I just think that's very interesting how they let go of Bruce Cassidy, um, which they, he has taken them to the playoffs every year including the interim year that he did. He brought him back from one of the worst teams to a playoff team. Uh, he's taken yep. him to a cup. He was one game away from winning the cup with them. And then they get rid of him. 
Apparently it was locker room issues is what, from what I've heard, but to see that the Bruins are thriving without him and the golden Knights are now structured with him, um, which is, I, I think a pretty cool, pretty cool and little odd thing to, to, to watch that both teams are the top of top of their conferences and top of the league. Um, yeah. And in power rankings are one and two um, just with a, with a coaching change that affects both teams. If it stays uh, like this till the end, that'd be an interesting Stanley Cup with all the storylines oh, going into be, that. That would be weird. That would be crazy weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely a good story. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what's going to run around uh, the hockey world currently. All right. And last thing we are going to talk about since our last episode, the first AP uh, poll rankings came out. They always do. I don't know why they wait till week 10 to, or I guess after week nine to release like the official ones when we still have uh, all these teams ranked going into the season. It doesn't, that's never made any sense to me. Why are they, why is not everybody just unranked, but I'm sure it has to do with TV and shit like that. So we have the first official rankings and I'll run down the top 10 or I feel like I should run down the top 12. I feel like those are the like yeah. real. So we have Tennessee at number one with eight. No Ohio state. Number two, eight, no Georgia. Number three, eight, no Clemson. Number four at eight, no Michigan. Number five at eight. No. Then we have Alabama with one loss. TCU, eight, no Oregon, seven and one Southern Carolina or Southern California. I'm sorry. Seven and oh, one. Yeah. LSU six and two, Ole Miss eight and one, and UCLA at seven and one. So, any of those stick out to you, Casino, as an outlier in that mix? Um, I mean, they're all there for a reason. I mean, I don't watch every single every single football game, so for me, it'd be a little tough to tell. Um, yeah, I mean, do you have? I mean, you watch more college football than I do. What's what's an outlier there? I think the the only one that I don't hear often in um, top twelve is SoCal. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, so that's obviously uh, uh, USC, right? They call it Southern California. So UC or USC, they have. I don't know. They've looked no. they've looked better than they have in the past, but still in the Pac-12 this year is just insane as evident by in the top 12 they have three teams and I think just right outside, yeah, Utah's at 14. So they have, you know, actually good teams. Usually it's either Oregon or some random team like uh like a UCLA that always is just kind of always in the mix, but Oregon uh they're seven and one. They have. Uh, They're doing what the Ducks always do. Yeah. They, they get blown out early on in the season, and then they win out, and then they get blown out in their bowl game. Only difference this year is they obviously have Bo Nix, who is playing, you know, as one of the top, top three, maybe only behind Bryce Young and the quarterback whose name is escaping me from Tennessee. But the the this year, I really feel, and I've said this since week three or four I don't know why I don't like this Clemson team I really feel like Clemson at number four is 
I don't want to say a mistake, but I just think they're overhyped. I think they're kind of only there based on the name value and what they've done in the past, right? When they had uh, Trevor Lawrence and they had that great Clemson team. And then since Trevor Lawrence left, they've kind of just been, I don't know. I just don't trust this Clemson team. Uh, But I have in my notes right here, the obviously the big game, huge game this week is Tennessee, Georgia. And that will really determine, uh, like playoff and bowl seating and stuff like that because let, let me the ask schedule you this, though. uh yes. do you think tennessee when, when these polls came out i was like oh man tennessee jumped i mean they all won last week tennessee jumped all the way to one uh i know these are the official rankings this week but i mean tennessee jumped to one and flipped i would have, i would have swept i would have flipped them i would have had georgia one ohio state two tennessee three so where so, it was last week yeah kept it the way it was I think, I think again, I don't think this Alabama team is as good as Alabama teams in the past, but obviously they have Bryce Young, who is like uh, maybe one of the best quarterbacks they've had at Alabama, which is saying something because they have a lot of quarterbacks who are now, you know, quarterback in the NFL. You think of Hurts, you think of Tunga Toa Vailoa, you think of Mac Jones, and I think Bryce Young. Uh, right now is better than all of those guys were in college. We'll see how that translates to the NFL. But I I do think Tennessee is number one just because they beat this Alabama team, right? And we've seen Alabama struggle against a couple teams this season, less uh, more so than they have in the past. But in terms of uh, the SEC West, we are we have Alabama at seven and one, LSU at six and two, and then Ole Miss at eight and one, right? So the those teams could easily all leapfrog each other or switch places with each other with just with they just win, right? This week we have Alabama, LSU, a six and two uh Alabama team. There's no way in hell they're gonna be ranked higher than a six and two LSU team that just beat them or they would be obviously seven and two if they beat them. But in terms of schedule, Alabama plays LSU, then they play Ole Miss, then they play Cupcake University, a college I've never heard of, right? Some Somebody on their schedule to basically just be a bye week. Um, and then they play Auburn. So that that's obviously the big uh, uh, rivalry with Auburn. But if they can beat LSU and Ole Miss, then I think this Alabama team is legit. If they lose one of these uh, two, uh, yeah, they lose against LSU or Ole Miss, there's no way somebody can make the case they deserve to be in the They're going to make the case, though. Yeah, well, they're going to... Alabama could be ranked eighth at the end of the season, and they'll still get in. (laughs) Yeah. And then win the whole thing. Yeah. And this uh, Alabama is, uh, is always given the benefit of the doubt, but I really feel like if it's a two loss Alabama team, which I think they could potentially lose to both LSU and Ole Miss, Ole Miss uh, with Lane Kiffin, everybody's favorite former Raiders coach. Right. But yeah, I don't know, man. I think uh misses i think Ole miss is the one that could maybe sneak into these playoffs they play they have a bye this week then they play alabama so they basically get two weeks to prepare for alabama 
So if Alabama loses to LSU and then loses to an Ole Miss team that might be better than LSU and gets an throw, extra week of prep. personal parade on my patio. <laughs> but then they play Arkansas and then uh, Mississippi State. So all they have to do is beat Alabama. They're only going to have one loss. LSU, even beating Alabama, will have two losses. I think they leapfrog both those teams and make it into the college playoff. So I really feel like it's going to come. And then obviously the other conference, the SEC East, it's just Georgia, Tennessee. So whoever wins of those two is, is basically guaranteed as long as they don't fuck up the rest of the season. But neither of those guys play anybody no, else after this. I think it's so, set on the, I think it's set on the top three. I think yeah, Tennessee, Georgia, and uh, Ohio state after that, that four spot, it could be anything. As you were saying, it could be Ole Miss. It could be Alabama. It could be Clemson. It could be so many different teams um, just biting for that fourth spot. But I think the top three are pretty solid. Well, even though that even though that Georgia and Tennessee play this week, you know, yeah. Even if they have the one loss on the record, they're playing, you know, a, a contender to win the whole thing. So well, th- that's a good point. And I don't know to go far. All the things I just say, save Georgia wins and Tennessee loses. They'll just flop Georgia or Tennessee will go to three. Georgia will go to one. Yeah. Unless it's a complete blowout. Well, and despite what I just said, LSU and Ole Miss are still ranked 10th and 11th. So I don't know if within three, four weeks, they're going to have enough good wins or enough or do enough convincingly to jump up so high as to be in the top four. So I agree with you. I think it really comes down to Tennessee, Georgia, and then November 26, we have Ohio State and Michigan. So Ohio State is ranked second. Michigan is ranked fifth. Uh, Obviously, I think winner of that game, as long as they don't stumble, is also in the playoff. And then it becomes that fourth spot because if you have, let's say, Let's say Tennessee wins this week, right? Just based on them being number one. Then you would have Tennessee and then the winner of, or no, let's do this. You would have the winner of Tennessee, Georgia, winner of Ohio State, Michigan. You would have Clemson there and Clemson plays Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina. So maybe the only one on that schedule that is a kind of threat is Notre Dame and that's just based on the name right not the team itself so Clemson is penciled in there even though I don't think they're a good team just their ranking is going to put them in there so you're going to have Tennessee Georgia Ohio State Michigan Clemson and then that last spot wide open wide open I don't think you can put a Clemson, Michigan, Tennessee, Ohio State, one loss team over an undefeated TCU. If Oregon runs the table, I think they can also make a case. Uh, Yeah, I think it's going to be a real interesting. I think we got five weeks left before the final seeding. It's going to, college football is getting real, real good. Real, real interesting. And and, and the games, all the games coming up are, are all, they, they saved the majority of the, you know, the deciding games towards the end of the season. I love it. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, we're, we've all just been talking about the ACC and then TCU, the Big Ten with Michigan and Ohio State, and then the SEC. But also the Pac-12 has three of those teams. One of those teams has to emerge just unscathed, right? Because they're all going to beat up on each other. So in determining the last four teams, I think this might be one of the only seasons where it's going to be a real debate uh, who gets that last spot. So we'll see. And then obviously chaos would be if Georgia wins this week, Tennessee loses, and then Tennessee or, and then Georgia loses to one of the cupcakes they play. And then it just be like, then what do we do? Because Georgia would be Tennessee and then Tennessee would lose or Georgia would lose, or you could flip those. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting, but Anything else to uh, add out of there, Casino? No, no, I don't think so. And I think we have covered it all, right? We, uh, we did. This was a long episode, but I think it was well worth it. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so this has been the Only Sports Podcast. We have new shows every Tuesday, and it's going to be looking like Friday, right? It seems Friday works out better than Thursday, but it'll always be either Thursday or Friday. We'll we have do a, like a half and half thing where we'll try Thursday and then try Friday. Mondays yeah. are easier for us. Um, yeah, Mondays are easier for us. Uh, one of our children has has supervision, so we can do it when the other child is sleeping, which Pretty makes much. it easy. And then Thursday, Friday, we'll just have to keep piecing it like 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 you've seen it. I mean, what is this like my third wardrobe change? I don't know. But yeah, definite new shows will be out Monday where we'll break down the weekend in. I think we should start breaking down the weekend in not just the NFL, but also college football, especially when it's starting to get to end of the season and more interesting and all that kind of stuff. So we'll have those on Mondays. This episode aiming for Thursdays, probably Fridays. And then we're putting exclusive clips and clips of this show broken down all throughout the week on our YouTube channel, The Only Sports Podcast. Uh, And I don't have anything else to add, Casino. Oh, check us out on all podcast platforms. We're on all of them. The Only Sports Podcast, if you just want the audio version of this, full episodes are on the YouTube, unedited if you, or not unedited, but on... you know, broken up where you get the full show on YouTube and you can see our beautiful faces, Casino's beautiful beanies. And yeah, this has been episode number 13 of the Only Sports Podcast. I'm Ooh. Will. That's Casino. I, I got a joke for you. Oh, God. Yeah. Let's end on a high note. <laughs> so, an <laughs> anti-Semitic person oh. Oh, God. walks into a bar uh-huh he gets suspended five games there it is. <laughs> and this has been the only sports podcast look for clips on our youtube channel and uh, we'll see you, you monday that was way worse <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see you monday bye <laughs>